Hello and welcome back to The Stacks, a movie podcast where we talk about cinema, good, bad and in between. <laughs> Today we're continuing March Night Shyamalan by talking about his East Rail 177 trilogy. And if, like me, you have no idea what that means, it's comprised of three films, Unbreakable, Split and Glass. I yeah, didn't know it's it was unbreakable called. and then it's split so it's ah it's split into glass and then the glass just smashes Stephen, what do you think about this as a trilogy um it's not um it's not it's not <laughs> it's at all not, it's not the, the one thing that i do kind of like is the kind of like meta marketing around it is kind of fun okay of the the slight title similarity is interesting mm-hmm. um i so i was talking to friend of the show david Mm-hmm. Um, on our podcast yesterday, a recording about a, a Lubitsch movie, Ooh. and he was talking about an, an early silent film called uh, something about like some, something about what for my dead children or something. I forget the exact title. <laughs> um, and it turns out the movie was like weird, just like pro-life nonsense. And the things been like, well, in retrospect, the title makes a lot of sense. But I didn't think mm. about that going in, and because this movie split and split personality are like ah oh, yes it's only about this so it yeah, does sure. nicely obfuscate it being like oh unbreakable split i see what you are doing there mm-hmm. um and i do like the poster design of also foreshadowing unbreakable and the link because it is the the glass cracking on the the poster but you're mm. so focused on it's cracking because cracked personality which yes. we'll get to how regressive that is mm-hmm. um but is a cool way of linking it to the unbreakable poster Yes, and to unbreakable. To the extent it surprises me that there was not a big reveal before it came out of being like, oh my god, glass. Maybe there was, and I wasn't. No, into uh, no, the absolutely spirit, not. But I don't think because, there was. Um, no, it was just word of mouth, really. Like after the fact of, yeah. Hey, have you seen that split film? Uh, did you know that it was a sequel? Blah blah blah. And it's like, what? It wasn't marketed as that. It's a surprise sequel. It's a surprise Cloverfield film. Um, but I watched Split way, way, way before I ever watched Unbreakable. I think no, I think I watched Unbreakable because I saw Split, basically. Okay. Because um, so, I got to the. I mean, like this whole episode is going to be riddled with spoilers, obviously, mm, because we're going to. And it's going to be weirdly unchronological because we're going to. Yeah, we're going to dip in and out works. because yeah, um, talking about three different films that are packaged as a trilogy in a very strange way. But yeah, I got to the end of uh, Split. And it's that scene in the diner, and there's that looming camera about to reveal something. I'm like, oh, damn, what are they going to set up here? Has James McAvoy got a twin? What's going on? And it's like, oh, why is Bruce Willis is in this movie? This is at peak um, Avengers last minute reveal. Yeah, era, this is it? the fallout of like 2012 Avengers and all that which, stuff. Which I do like, though, because connecting it to the superhero films, it mm. seems like a smart genre aware way of doing that and mm. the thing that i like about unbreakable which we'll expand upon is mm. it is genre aware and savvy, feels of a piece it, yeah. it feels mm. of a piece of the that era of the understanding of comic books and their mm. role in culture yes um, I, I like that I, I, having a comic book film that seems to champion the comic book rather than and ignore it, does it for it cinematic naively flag. and ridiculously and oh, gets yes. to the issues around the dialogue and it really annoyed me the first time I do like that it's about comic book and comic book culture and the role mm. of the comic book. So yes. Unbreakable is... What year is Unbreakable? Is it 2000. I think it's 2000. Okay, 2000. So what superhero films were out at that point? Did we... Nothing like... I, I want to say... I think this is this is X-Men. I think this is X-Men year. Um, because X2, I think, was either 2001 or 2002. Um, and then... Uh, what's the third one? I want to say Judgment Day, and but it's not... L- Last Stand. Last Stand was about... Yeah, mid-2000s. 
yeah, this is this is before Spider-Man's uh, the Raimi Spider-Man, um, but like nothing really had come out and wowed moviegoers into being like, oh, superhero movies are cool. Like you had, which Spawn, is really important you to had say, things like that. Yeah, of they had not worked out and how how to do this. Arguably, they've not worked out now. They just found a mode and re- repeating it. But the <laughs> yeah. the cinematic like the trope of a superhero film. I mean, mm. you had. So Batman Begins obviously is not yet, but you and was acclaimed outside of being a superhero film. Mm. But you had the Superman films, which were acclaimed, like mm-hmm. properly acclaimed, the first two, right? Mm. Yeah, the Donald. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and that is the view of. I remember actually speaking to a teacher of film studies and um, a media studies at a previous workplace of mine, and because the students, you know, what students are like, students are more so five years ago were really into the marvels and oh God, yeah. they would want to talk to their teacher about well what do you like and he was like well i like the superman movies that's mm. my kind of superhero movie i'm not as into it was either black panther, black panther came out it's like well it's mm. not really my kind of thing i like superman that's my kind of superhero film and this more exists in that lineage and you've got mm. the batman films as well of yes, the superhero of film yeah. as a novelty yeah, you've got the uh, sort of campy Adam West stuff in the 60s, and then you've got the gr- sort of uh, the Tim Burton stuff that sort of channels some of that goofy energy, but attacks it mm. from a darker angle. And I think that's that's definitely an influence on something like Unbreakable. But then you have like the 90s films, which are just wacky, goofy, Schumacher strangeness. But this does feel like I'm going to do comics. Yeah, well, I'm op- going to do film as comics. Mm, and it opens, opens, that ridiculous... opens with like statistics. And I was like, oh, okay. So we are fully ingrained in, in comic book culture. And um, Elijah himself, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Glass, is is comic mad. Uh, to the yeah. point of gatekeeping, he refuses to sell um, a piece of comic art. Because he sees comics as art. He does not, seem, does not see comics as disposable media or you know just storytelling for the masses. He sees them as art. Art pieces, Which... collectible pieces. Which goes back to M. Night Shyamalan and, and his feelings about art and culture mm. and obsession and goes back to that, that sincerity approach and the, the emotional clarity approach that we talked about in the last yes, M. Night yeah, Shyamalan yeah. episode of being so key to his filmmaking of this era mm. before he goes full goof. Um, <laughs> which which is cool for me. And then, so these as superhero films are more interesting to me than they are as films. So, uh, yeah, I'd say so. Or more, more sort of like deconstructions of the hero versus villain archetypes and how you can do something interesting with that, mm. especially Unbreakable and less so the others. And that, but that makes Split metatextually interesting, perhaps like paratextually interesting, like outside of the text itself. It, it interests me. The text itself doesn't interest me at all. Mm. But the fact that it takes on the then established convention of the post-credit stinger, this is a shared universe, it's reflecting of the understanding of comic books in film at that time. And then yes, Glass it's... being the combined event, three characters, mm. is reflective of Batman vs Superman. The of, culture of that of... era. Yeah. It, it, they, they do seem to play into, and M. Night Shyamalan always does this, but doesn't follow through, of makes films that seem to be kind of commenting on something or prescient. Kind of or of the moment. Link, yeah, like linked to the to moment. Linked to the culture of the day, basically. Mm. It's a reflection of the 2000s and comic book Knock and at cinema. the cabin definitely is that. Mm, Knock that's at very the cabin, true, yes. The idea of being cloistered, being locked up, of living in an end times. I think a post-COVID reading of Knock at the Cabin makes that film more interesting. Mm. And Old is about lost time and it being a COVID film. Yes, yeah. And one of the first films to come out in cinemas after lockdowns makes mm. it, again, 
like paratextually interesting. Mm. So Shyamalan is good at this, but the films often aren't very good. Mm. And Unbreakable, I still think is good. I, I I do. I have friends who absolutely adored this film in, in high yeah. school and things. They were ranting and raving about Shyamalan, and at that point, I think I'd only seen yeah uh oh God, like the bad ones basically you know the ones some of the ones we talked about like airbender and, and things like that so i never got round to unbreakable but i was always heralded as as this the superhero film that's not really a superhero film but it is a superhero film yeah it is the i'm actually really into comic book stuff this is mm. my superhero film it's the the cool choice um There's no i remember my first um experience with unbreakable and i really didn't like it at all okay um and i remember with quite clarity why i didn't like it and there is a logical leap you have to take of this film mm-hmm. that is a really big one and if you were like me the first time you watched it you can't get past that this was not going to work which is there is such a contrivance to get to the fact that bruce willis is a grown-ass man mm. who cannot remember in his lifetime if he's ever, <laughs> ever had been any sick. kind of injury or sickness you're like yeah. my man you would know <laughs> like, you would know yes absolutely and- like Children are sick all the time, daily. If you were a child, yeah. you have been sick. That is just part of being alive. Like, this would have been a medical anomaly from the age of, like, six. Your parents would have realised this. Which then you can claim, in the weight of the film, it does not that later where it's selective. So you know that he does know that he survived the car crash on his spine, mm. but you don't know that about him at that point. Yeah. So it deals with that somewhat, but then everyone else around you would have noticed at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. It's... A, that to me is is so silly and the thing that still doesn't work for me is the glass character i like as a character mm-hmm. but the moment you have to buy him as a superhero and that's the problem with with split you're mm-hmm. like wait why are you <laughs> what what is superhero about you um i made super the- i made superheroes that makes me the villain and that's the end of the movie because it wants you to believe that he's got superpowers at least glass mm-hmm. does um yeah and is it that he's clever yeah or like manipulative and he can see the bigger picture and he's make lex things luther. happen he's... kind of lex luther yeah but not to the extent of a lex luther it's very strange how he like strange he's evil but not really but very manipulative but doesn't go as far as he probably wants to and yeah <sighs> And my, my other issue with the film, which I think does still hold up, but I actually quite liked this time because I was more focused on what the film was actually trying to do rather than what it could be doing, is the ending feels like it's missing an actual final end, movement. End, absolutely. Like I, I think this was the problem I had with it first time round. Mm. And again, watching it yesterday, you have that final sequence, the big reveal of uh, yeah. Mr. Glass has orchestrated this whole thing to make Bruce Willis realise that he's a superhero. Yes. And then you feel like there should be another conflict there or, you know, something further. And it just sort of cuts to a quote and then ends. Well, because then it's, um, oh, what's, is it All the President's Men? The Yeah, it's um, it's very much like, oh, he was trialed. And, it's, it's, yeah. Which is so bizarre. And it's like newsprint style, real, like, and you're like, sorry, what? And it's this huge it, jump of it. Again, to link back to the podcast with David, we've been watching a lot of stuff recently where there's like a reel missing and uh, there's an intertitle to say this is what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. feels like this <laughs> yeah, is a, a rediscovered film. And they're like, well, there is a bit where he does go mad and he gets incarcerated. We'll just put that in an insight. Yeah, <laughs> we don't like, have the budget. What? We don't have the time to recreate the missing footage. So yeah, it does feel like it. it, it, it that is basically the climax and it feels like there yeah. needs to be some aftermath to that 
because that the, you know the music swells the editing's mm. all there and it's like oh it's the massive twist the big reveal the Shyamalan twist and that's it it just sort of fades fades to black from there so it is structurally imperfect but mm. watching it back I am so more able to focus on the bits that work about it and there's so much that really works about it and the word mm. I keep going back to about some sincerity yeah. it is so laser focused on sad portraits of melancholic Bruce Willis mm. and he is the perfect cipher and it has that 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 atmosphere that I do really love in signs that runs through it it feels heartfelt it feels sincere it feels like it's actually using the idea of the superhero to present a fractured flawed human being which makes his powers ironically interesting mm. um and then it doesn't know what to do with that in a grander narrative but these smaller character moments i like him and his wife's relationship i think it's really interesting i like him and his son's relationship mm. i like the way he's played with as a character i like the stuff at the beginning i like the tone setting stuff and i do like elijah's backstory of how that is built up yes i like the yeah. pairing of them i like every time they have a conversation i like the ambiguity which makes split utterly ridiculous because <laughs> well it makes it that's the thing it makes it ridiculous on its own on its own merit but as a a sequel or a you know yeah. the second in a trilogy it makes it even more sort of hysterical and then like going into glass well we'll get to that and there's such a a tonal shift there is such a, a shift in ideas and presentation of the the, the themes of superhero and mm. the other in in this first film are so seemingly far removed from the yeah. uh, the opening of glass and things that are discussed in glass it's such a strange strange narrative progression from one to two to three so I think, and I think we agree here, we both very much like um, Unbreakable with caveats mm. of it is overly sincere, the dialogue is not great, the comic book pontificating is, is dare I say, cringy the whole way through. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it reminds me of the conversations I was having in 2008 about video games <laughs> to maybe my parents <laughs> of okay, being like, yeah. I've played Braid, actually, and mm. video games are a respectable art form. It's like, not all Call of Duty, okay? I don't know what okay? I was trying to prove. It's not all to... shooting, you know? Video games it, aren't just violence. There's art to it, too. It, it does feel like that, but then he keeps talking about, basically, ableism and physiognomic representations mm. in comic books, but they're taken seriously. It's like, this person is presented this, this way, and that's what you know is evil. Yeah, like, that like the size bad, of his, actually. The size of his head depicts whether he's good or bad or not. It's like, okay, interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure even a comic savvy person can tell you that not all heroes and villains look the same and you know come in the same shapes and sizes, Mr. Glass, comic expert. It has that thing that I accuse Paul Schrader of, of Paul Schrader looks at the Wikipedia page about something and goes, I should make a movie about this. This climate change thing seems bad, guys. Has anyone heard about this? Climate change is a problem. Oh, now I've heard about Guantanamo Bay. This seems like a problem. People have heard about this? I should make a movie about it. It is like he went to wikipedia.org slash comic books and was just like, oh, I've not read these. They're not for me, but these seem like interesting work. Just look, looked looked at the cover of like an action comics and saw two opposing forces and thought, bingo, that's the one. That's the movie. Hero versus villain. A deconstruction of um, let's break it. Let's unbreakable Mr. Glass. So I know that M. Night has a family because recently he tweeted that he was playing Cards Against Humanity with his family. And was he one of the car- cards? <laughs> yes, he is. One of the cards is the next M. Night Shyamalan plot twist is blah. And he was uh, tweeting how he, he lost. <laughs> his family <laughs> had better answers than him. It's an interesting like a- writing prompt is him, him taking Cards Against Humanity cards <laughs> and then turning that into like a next trilogy <laughs> yeah. or you know his next screenplay or something. He, he should do. <laughs> um, so I know he has a family, but this film strikes me as 
a kid of his reading a comic book and he's like what you got there son what is this mm, oh, what are you doing fellow kids mm, yeah and he's much. like yes no i'll take you seriously yes i think but he's and he has been like you, you don't actually think this is art though do you you don't really think that but you can comics comics it is. are an ancient way of passing on history and knowledge and culture and they're not just oh, cheap gosh. cheap paperback ways of telling fun fantasy stories and things like that <laughs> which which i'd almost forgotten was the conceit and like I mentioned earlier there's one massive leap of logic you have to take. There are two. Because okay. that thing of him constantly saying, I believe comic books contain all of human history. You're like, what are, are you, you talking about? Yeah, so hieroglyphics, um, and then like silent films, and then comic language. books. And that's it. That's the whole of culture. We didn't miss anything in between. And then every now and then they say things like, this is a this kind of issue. This is the moment of this. You thought you were in this. But that's Glass not, has that as not, well, doesn't that's it? That's not how... That's, that's such a basic understanding of comics. That's like reading Big Ives only read three comics and they all have yeah. like kind of similar structure energy. Like I'm getting major Paddington 2 energy from this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's that sort of thing though, isn't it? It's like, I've read The Civil War. It's painting arc, it all so yeah, with one, exactly. with one brush. It's a very diluted understanding of what comics can be and what He's comic culture treating is. treating comics like they're Godzilla movies of there is Godzilla. There is mm-hmm. kaiju team up, yeah. and then there are Godzilla fights two kaiju movies. Yes, you know, yeah, yeah, three that's types it. Of. It's, it's, it is that. Um, but what interests me is in the nineties there is actually a very big and important alt comic scene and independent. Mm. Comic oh scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, independent comics, alternative comics. You know, people just making their own zines and getting published through the underground scenes and like that. Really, really impactful and really culturally important with capital was in quotes around them is it mm. deemed to be graphic novels at this time i mean when is when did mouse when was mouse, mouse was 90s isn't it or 80s I, I, actually um and like it, all the uh, got to be before that watchman is before that v. alan Vendetta moore is yeah that. Uh, exactly. frank miller like boundary pushing uh independent graphic novel storytelling basically and, and this sort of just this comes out of it like this could have just been in like the seventies when it was just like a big yeah. comic boom, and it was just. Like I've read the Detective Marvel Comics stuff. one, and this guy. Yeah, is onto this something. this Spider fellow seems to be what the kids are into these days. Maybe this is all what comic books are, can be. But yeah, but that's the uh, very subdued angle it takes on comic book culture. I think it would be a better fine. film without that stuff. I think generally, sure. if they ditch the comic book stuff, and it was because I do really like. The thing, like, reason I don't like the ending is because I love that logical. That reveal is so cool. Being like, I mm, actually orchestrated all of that, and I'm like, film deal that, with it then. That yeah, exactly. That could have happened mid-film or something like that, or you know, three quarters of the way through, like the third act twist. But it was very much in the final moments of the film. Because I think it's it, it's it's constructed in a very interesting way. There's a lot always intrigue. There is always intrigue in the Shyamalan mm. way of I, I don't really always like what's going on but i'm i'm compelled yeah. by it. i'm in, interested in the way he is telling this story and then it, it just hits the brakes at the end for me mm. and it is beautifully made as always i, oh, I yes. like yeah, how yeah. it looks i like how it moves mm. i like the Great aesthetic soundtrack. of it i like it's, how it's he a cold, co-ops, it's a cold look he co-ops visual themes to make them kind of comic booky i like how that raincoat becomes like his outfit which then is yes put forward in, it's in, his into, his persona isn't it it's, um, yeah the, the green hood or something i can't remember the name that like several people call him in glass he's got like different names yeah, I mean, and he's the, the overseer becomes, and yeah god knows yeah um, and then it becomes the heaven 17 trilogy yeah east israel 177 trilogy which is yeah, the name the, of the, the name of the train trilogy. It's the name of the train that he orchestrates to crash to find a yeah. superhero. And 
Yeah. So, to continue with the City 17 trilogy, um, <laughs> let's talk about Split, Split then. Yeah. So, Split, you watched. What did mm. you first think about Split? I, am I right to thinking you were one of the few people that was not a big Split? I think there are a lot of people I in didn't our really like Split. circles that really liked Split and have revisited it and go, oh, Split's bad, actually. But I feel like you were not that. You were already not really big Split. Yeah, I wasn't really. I, I mean, like, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. It still does. Um, it did first initial, and I didn't really look past it from that angle. I didn't really like uh, the representation of this sort of, uh, quote-unquote, disorder and all this, that, and the other used as villainous and as a mm. horror element. Uh, it's it's very, crude. It's so It's crude. very gimmicky. It's a very high school uh, drama production uh, showcase for McAvoy in general, like having to play twenty three yeah. different characters is stupid. Oh, I don't like, like that. It is a, that is all. such a ridiculous thing? I also don't buy it. I don't. It doesn't. People say it's an impressive performance. I'm no, it's like, not. That's is... the thing. It, that, that's what I mean by it's a high school show reel. Like yeah. they are very, very boring, basic personas. Very sort of like, oh, I'm playing a child. Uh, oh, I'm playing an arty snob guy. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like a very improv approach to uh, character studies, I'd say. What it reminds me of, and I don't like this movie, but I do like this scene in this movie a lot. You know that bit in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Mm. The, that's the best acting I've ever seen. Yeah, scene no, no, genuinely. Yeah, it is that. It, it is a goal. It is, it is like, like, oh my God, this is the best acting I've ever it's, seen. You're like, it's, oh, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's like a Monty Python bit where they're all playing several different characters. And mm. it, it's just, you can't, take any of the personas very seriously especially when they're affecting like lisps and childish oh, uh, the child the child oh, character the child, is definitely I, the worst part of this definitely yeah it, uh, like the most he's got a window oh most... you thought i had a real window of course yeah. i thought that what the hell are you Ugh. talking about and he lives in a zoo You're like, why he lives under the zoo? yeah the, the reveal is like it's like the horde you know they're all a bunch of animals and they oh. all together they build up this horde mentality and ah blah 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 now i'm a villain i'm gonna go and, beast mode and i'm yeah and yeah, beast mode. It's like Optimus he goes, Primal. He goes beast mode. Um, yeah, and you've got the um, psychiatrist who is also like laughed mm. at in her field, but then is on Skype. She's on like major Skype conferences, which is also pretty <laughs> funny to watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing major Skype stuff. Um, so I was expecting to not like this film. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bad way to go into things. So, so, so sorry. Um, have you? Have you? This is the first time you've seen this film. Yeah, I assume I've not you seen just avoided it for. A, yeah. Yeah, I've avoided it because I didn't think I'd like it. And mm. spoilers, I, I didn't like it. Mm. I was expected to not like it because of the DID stuff. Yeah. And ultimately, the DID stuff is so blown. I'm. I'm. This is a privileged position. I'm not offended by it because it's just like this is just silly. Yeah. Um, but there are there is other stuff in the film. That mm. I find deeply it's, offensive. It's, it's the Anya Taylor Joy character, yes, and the, the the treatment around her and how that's presented in the film. I completely forgot all the I stuff around Anya Taylor Joy. Heard about that, and, uh, it's and really, by the uncle really stuff, horrible. it's really distressing. Um, it it feels exploitative, and it doesn't really feel like it adds much to the character other than just like a foil for the film it's it doesn't at all and then you've got these two other women who Mm. are defined by having no definition Mm -hmm. and i wrote about this in my review of it of i can't be on side with the film because the film demonizes this character for having a mental health um for having a mental illness 
uh, for having a condition demonizes him for that and this idea that those and you know i don't want to enter the conversation about did because it's such a wide conversation mm. i don't want to speak outside of my knowledge i don't want to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. i know there is a lot a lot of debate conversation i don't really know there and i don't want to get into it yep. but it is part of a wider conversation that those who struggle with mental health or have a diagnosed mental health condition are dangerous and there is that is just not true and that is, is not... that is just cinema. That is so much of horror thriller cinema is just sort of locking up people with sort of mental disorders. And but that's... it's not usually so directly text and so mm. directly. No, I actually have this. And that's very said, true. That's, that's it's what usually makes a, you dangerous. It's usually like a, a, a an epilogue sort of thing rather than a, a constant throughout the film. Or oh, they went they went ambiguously they went mad. mad. Yes, that we're locking yeah. them up in asylum because they commit crimes, and now they're going to have a therapist. They're going to Arkham Asylum because Batman beat them up. And the little reading I did around DID, it's, it talks about like there's that there are loads of stuff at the time of people um, complaining when saw the trailer, which makes a lot of sense. And then really complaining when the film came out, being like there is so like there is not a link, but I mean, people. So again, debated stuff, but the thing I was reading about saying that, yes, there are people who adopt these kind of like multiple identities that can develop in different ways and often as a result of traumatic experience as a protective measure, but not in a way that makes them dangerous, violent or anything. It is self-protection and it doesn't Mm. link to harm. And this is the idea of being like, they did this because of trauma, which is the case in the movie, Mm -hmm. and then become dangerous because of that. Um... Which, which is awful. But why I think I really hate the film is because the film adopts the logic of that character, of that character sees these women as meat, as things mm. to just consume that are nothing. And the film gives us nothing but that. Because to go back to what you're saying, because you're right, it is so in love with this performance. It is yeah, so in love yeah, with very much like film of James McAvoy. So that many it becomes reviews. the character. The film is the character. So many reviews I read, I was like, oh man, he should have been nominated for... But it comes down to, it's not the best acting, it's just the most acting. Yeah. If you play 23 characters, it doesn't mean you're a great actor. It just means you're playing 23 actors. Uh, we are going to do a stack award this year. I'm announcing it now, and to Jack, of we're going to do a most acting award. Okay, we good. Because we, we talked um, about this last year for House of Gucci and uh, yeah. some other performances there. So I yeah, we're definitely having most acting. Not best most acting. We're having best actor as well. Well, sometimes but... most acting can be good like mm, sometimes sure. it is like you were acting doing so much here mm. um and it's good like you know anthony hopkins is always doing a lot of acting mm. um, is it always good but it's <laughs> no but it's good um you, devito devito the most acting danny devito mm. Mm. pacino the most acting oh yes not absolutely good. yeah it can be often don't brilliant. Pacino. Um, so to get back to the Reno 911 trilogy, um, so <laughs> have you got a list? Have you got a yes, list I do. <laughs> I saw you move your head, and I was like, he's definitely got a list of things he's going to keep calling this. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the Boeing 747 trilogy. Um, so yeah, so that it, it it does not work as a middle piece. It fit very feels very much tacked on to the wider world. I'd say. I mean, stylistically, it's a horror thriller as opposed to well, I suppose there is a thriller element to Unbreakable, uh. but it. it it is this is presented in such a, is, a horror yeah, way this is a drama it is a mode. sad boy drama yeah sure but this and is very much horror thriller nasty uh kidnapping movie mm. yeah and yeah kidnapping young girls and mm. then having them as things to be destroyed never gonna like that <laughs> um and i 
I don't gently want to talk about the bit I really hate that much because I it, I find it really genuinely upsetting. The uncle of the, stuff. the presentation of the hunting scene and what's gone mm. there, what happens at the end, and then I like that that glass kind of glosses over that. Glasses and over it's just it, like. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like a good. lot of glass glosses over quite a lot of things that were set up in Unbreakable and in Split. Yeah, yeah. So let's continue with the Bayfree 165 um, <laughs> trilogy um, for you uh, fans, uh, fans of places. The Hawaii 5.0 trilogy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I, even the way it begins, it has, has Bruce Willis's character settled in his role as the overseer, as mm. this, like, what you would assume like a parody of a superhero would be you know he's got his secret lair he's got all these computers yeah. hung up it's kind he's, of fun i like this bit. it's fun that's the thing but it's so completely different from unbreakable where it was yeah. this humanist drama and sort of talking about the foils of man and now oh, it's by just the way, like the wife died oh yeah yeah it's i can't have like, oh, the movie, woman in the movie. movie yeah yeah could have put that in the split but no 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 he had to make it a different movie <sighs> You're right though, because like in in weirdly making split into the jump scare Bruce Willis at the end and being like, <laughs> it was an unbreakable movie. You're like, well, it's not though, is it? And no, it's not. It's so it's so on. totally divergent. Which is why you should have. That. You have the Bruce again. This is the same critique I had for Unbreakable. Is you push the big reveal up. I don't know, twenty five minutes, and then have some <laughs> fallout from that, and then then it thematically builds into more of a connective story into more but, of a trilogy rather than three seemingly just completely different films that have just been and totally completely different mm, yeah but to to deal with the last fahrenheit 451 film <laughs> of it does take that thing that is a problem that you've pointed out with these last two things and in my opinion does a fun thing with it so you are right mm. it is it is bad that we get to the end of unbreakable like where's the end of the movie and mm. i do like that this film does actually give us that end uh, of the uh, movie uh, some sort of closure yeah it I does guess, yeah and, and it does feel like the closing of the book on the you know the trilogy but but then I, split dude there and i'm like why is split dude here can he just not be here can he yeah, not be here i, I mean kind the dynamic the, the dynamic between bruce willis and sam jackson is very engaging it you know mm. throughout the whole of unbreakable that is you know the focal point that is such a, a fun interesting mind games dynamic and when you throw in james mcavoy in between them in this like hospital ward scenario yeah and you're trying to tell me that office 365 is a trilogy and i'm just not believing it um <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that i do enjoy mm. is the absolute um cock tease of this movie of there is this consistent plot line of the world sorry this is, it is seattle isn't it of seattle's yeah. tallest building let's go fight at seattle's tallest building mm. do you know where we're going seattle's tallest building have you heard about seattle's tallest building seattle's got a tallest building coming the up old, and you're like oh yeah there's gonna, there's gonna be a fight at seattle's tallest building it, it is that big lebowski thing of being like talking about oh yeah this this bowling tournament. You wait for the bowling tournament. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be a bowling tournament. It's just waiting and... for Godot, you know. Like, he's waiting for Seattle's tallest building. And when and they, they end up fighting... And they just a fight in a car park. Yeah, it's like a fucking <laughs> so Pizza good. Hut car park while they're waiting pizza for lunch. Pizza Hut car park and he drowns in, in a puddle. In the middle of this... Yeah, I mean, like, I, that was ruined for me. Yeah, when the movie came out, I was like, I'm not seeing Glass. I have no interest in Glass. I don't really like the world that this exists in. And all I heard was how the overseer meets his maker in a puddle. Oh. Which is such a, I feel like, such a metaphorical um, like take on the, the trilogy in the end. It's just sort that of like, yeah, sure, why not? I, 
I, I can't lie. I do, I do like that bit quite a bit. I, but there is such a slog. That I like. to, it's such a slog to it's get so there, long. though. Like, it's overly long. It's just, like, the first hour, the first hour and a bit, really, it's just so, like, treading water. But and, the first like, hour's completely pointless, to... because the first hour is, I'm going to try and make people question if they're superheroes. I'm like, mate, I watched an entire I watched film the two that movies. was that. Yep, yeah. I don't Unbreakable know, I don't know is that. Yeah. And it was really compelling in Unbreakable. I really like that scene in Unbreakable of the, I'm going to put more weights on. I'm going to yeah, put more weights yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I told you to take them off. How much did you put on? And it's this, you know, it's this training montage that we get in superhero cinema, but done into such a, a personal and, like, low-down level. And I really like that bit on Unbreakable where he just, like, pulls a gun on his dad and it's like, it's fine. And there is nothing of that <laughs> of that intensity or interest of mm. let's actually take the material seriously and do a thing with it. No. And again sincere to a fault M. Night Shyamalan mm. but I prefer that over just let's just goof around yeah. and just split so changes the trajectory yes. of these movies and, and the then tone trying to and... get it back together because Elijah I, I, I like the performance still but mm. he's a ridiculous character in Glass yes, and he's not yeah. really given enough to do because Horde Beast guy's there and is fundamentally uninteresting I didn't look into like the making of of like the production behind this, and I'm sure there is reason for such a large gap in between movies, um, between Unbreakable and Glass. I can't, I just can't imagine that this was ever intended to be a trilogy, though. It just feels yeah. so slapped together. Yeah, I don't know how it becomes OSS one seven seven one one seven. Hey, I've just, seen that uh, one. I know what that one is. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I watched that in French. You know, French class. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, that yeah. was like was... one of the only contemporary French movies that they had on yeah, DVD. Nice. So. Could have said Bonlier Tres, but I need a three. Need, need three mm. digits at the end to make it really work. <laughs> um, well, I guess I don't because I have heaven. So actually, it's not even three digits to begin with. I'm having fun. You know, that's the only fun that we had here. So, yeah, yeah that's... glasses. Glasses are slog. Um, it's not very good. No, it's not very good. Makes me like Unbreakable more. Yeah, uh, and I like Unbreakable quite a bit. I mean, yeah. quite a bit. A bit. I don't think it's great. Yeah. I think it's functional. I think it's interesting and. It's very much the best of a, a bad situation I, with this trilogy. I think what we should do with our M. Night Shyamalan rap, and I know it's now a meme of me deciding a thing on the podcast and just forcing Jack to do stuff, and I do apologise like about this. I like that. Um, Keeps a me on my toes. thing we should do is a, a tier ranking of M. Night so Shyamalan at the end. So I was going to suggest we do this on the Patreon. So when we ah. do we do our wrap up, we just go through the films, and then on the Patreon, yeah. we're going to do a little video thing, and we're gonna we're gonna cool. rank them in like the S tier stuff. I think that's yeah. an interesting thing we can we can start to do over there on the Patreon. And and I'll say this is tier within his own filmography. So just because something is oh S-tier no yeah, and well, yeah we can't... does not mean it is a five star no, review because no, no, this no, no, man no, has no, not no, made no. a five this no, no, barely no. made a four star. Yeah, movie. this is all you know, all under one roof. We are only th- if this is if all the movies in the world were destroyed other than M Night Shyamalan's filmography, and we had to reset the star system, to, and we had to do the new sight and sound canon. How would the yeah. rankings go? So yeah, we're going to do that on the Patreon. So you can head over to patreon.com forward slash stacks on film for that. Look forward to some weird video content of me clicking and dragging posters of Unbreakable between S and A for an hour. Yeah, being like, oh, it's not that good, is it? But like, the rest <laughs> but, of them aren't. So, exactly, you know. yeah. So comparatively, you know, the ratios are all <laughs> off with Shyamalan's filmography. Does, does Stuart Little count? We will have a heated debate about this. <laughs> mm, interesting. Um, speaking of Stuart Little, um, Patreon subscribers will get a commentary track Stuart Little because you may or may not know we mentioned it before but you know it's hard to listen to things but yes he wrote the screenplay mm. for Stuart Little which is wild based which is on wild a book 
Yes. Which is such a funny I haven't I mean I haven't read the book. We'll talk about it on the commentary track, but mm. I just don't know how much how much screenwriting there is other than just sort of laying out the the prose of the novel. I'm calling it a novel now. Yeah, the the, the novel Stuart. <laughs> the Metal. epic text. The uh, a novella because he's little. Yes, he's a little little book. He's a little little, little book. Um so yeah, so that, that that is that is the East Rail one one, I'll give it its proper name. One East Rail seventeen. One seven seven. <laughs> East <laughs> Rail 177 Trilogy. East Rail 177 Trilogy. I think we're there both the same go. here. Thumbs up on Unbreakable and thumbs yeah. down Splatting, Splat yeah. and Gliss, which is that I'm calling them. For interestingly different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I like that it is exists as a complete cinematic failure. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the trilogy itself is a failure. There, are, There's there's good moments. There's one good film. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, M. Night. But it feels it, the only comic book thing that he's ever done, the true comic book thing, which again, I'm not a comic book person, so mm. Rainier, sorry, but to take cool opening and then for it to become absolutely ridiculous in sequelized content, that feels very comic book <laughs> to me. That's true. That's very true. As in, like, that's the thing. The, 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 the whole difference between Unbreakable and Glass feels very much not this Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but you know what I mean by that. Let's goof it up a bit. <laughs> But like, not make it fun or superhero-y or it, I don't know. It reminds me of every time I've been told to read an arc of a comic book by mm. several people that do this, and I usually really enjoy them. And then you read it, and you're like, I should read past this. You're like, oh, you had one really good idea for a storyline, and now, now the rest fodder. of the stuff is yeah. bad, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, so it does feel like that that I really enjoy. Yeah. So thank you as always for listening to this episode of the Stacks. That has thanks to this episode as always. I think I think that is. That's the penultimate episode of March Night Shyamalan. Um, so if you want some more M. Night content, you can head over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film. Next week on film. this feed, though, we will be doing a whole Shyamalan retrospective. Yes. We'll be talking through his entire filmography, or at least the Not one a select we can get hands on. Full-on retrospective. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and then I will announce officially the April theme we're doing themed months now it seems even to be easier me. for us pardon you're even gonna announce it to me i don't know i, I am i, I, I I've, maybe is, i've bait maybe i'm gonna do the old bait and switch i've I teased one but you never know um hit us up on the patreon you can also email us at the stacks on film at gmail.com and yeah. if you want to talk to me i don't know on the daily basis maybe we just launched a secret stacks discord server who knows if, maybe that's over on the patreon as well yeah so maybe- if, if if you join the patron um the patreon feed you will get the link to the discord server as mm. the instructions say join the discord server act like everything is normal don't ask any questions mm-hmm. it will all make sense soon yep so that's the cryptic reveal we're leaving you with there oh, the, the, there is a complete discord that has so what is on the discord i don't know i'll tell people so they, they know if they were tempted so there who? is an announce there is an announce i don't know what you're talking about um there is an announcements um thing so when there is a new episode post we'll talk mm-hmm. about it also it's about things so i'm going to post in there later if i remember of oh by the way we just recorded this this is happening blah blah there's an episode chatter, thinking about the recent episodes. There's a try that again suggestions to centralise that. There's a general suggestion, centralise that. We've got some ideas there. We're going to do some Children of the Corn at some point. We're going to do some Rocky content. We actually are going to do some Rocky content. Yes, we are going to do some Rocky content. Um, 
I suggested calling it between a rocky and a creed place. I like um, that. I like that. I, I missed that. Like. That's very good. Um, it feels like it's plagiarizing one of my own letterbox lists, which is between, oh, a, sp- between a Spock and a Picard place, which was my Star not Trek retrospective. That's not the as only good thing as I'm that. the only thing I'm proud of on letterbox.com. <laughs> so yeah, actually, no, that is we should probably do that because I Star Trek. I'd love seen... to be, we'll do Star Trek stuff. At some we should point. have a Star Trek month. Um, mm. Because I've only seen the um, original series films. Um, okay, cool. It. Well, stopped, the TNG ones are interesting, those. so that'd be yeah. that'd be a fun world to dip our toes back into. So, um, so there is also a stacks of wards um, thing, which when mm. we'll say you get to vote on it. Yes, and we will be doing some sort or of not. Uh, patron categories as well. We yes. want suggestions from yes. patrons for categories for the stacks awards. Uh, at the time and of recording, the Oscars are this weekend, so yeah, we will be recording. heading over to Stackstown Major. Yeah, very soon. And for crossover content for fans of Vaughn, there is a gear up for Gran Turismo thread where we can gear up for Gran Turismo. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, for spoiling so, things, fans. Shift into uh, fourth gear and join the Discord. <laughs> join the Patreon. Follow us on Let's Box. Follow us on Tiff Twitter. Nadelle. <laughs> and as always, don't, don't let, let the, the shivers, shivers be get you. Get we'll you. see you next that week was our best on the one next yet. episode. Good night. God bless. Mm-hmm.